BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. The Trump-era immigration policy known as Title 42 is scheduled to end this week. KPBS border reporter Gustavo Solis spoke with a local activist in San Diego about the impact of this controversial program. Title 42 allows Border Patrol agents to turn away migrants, including asylum seekers, at the border. That means they don't get a chance to pursue an asylum case in immigration court. Advocates say that it essentially barred access to asylum for tens of thousands of people. Those advocates include Pedro Rios. He's glad to see the policy gone, but says... It's hard to qualify something as a victory when we've, um, as advocates, have been saying Title 42 has been harmful, has led to untold human rights violations of migrants. Rios says that in some ways, the long-lasting damage is already done. Human rights activists have documented more than 1,300 cases of migrants being killed, beaten, raped, or kidnapped after being turned away from the border via Title 42. And that's only since President Joe Biden took office in 2020. Rio says that Title 42, along with other Trump policies, have shifted the way we view asylum. How the collective mind considers asylum has been damaged. It's no longer seen as an obligation of nation states to uh, welcome people who are fleeing violence. Um, And now it's more of a burden um, and something to reject. In preparation for the anticipated influx of migrants, immigration officials have increased staffing levels along the southern border. For the California Report, I'm Gustavo Solis in San Diego. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Survivors of September's Mill Fire, which devastated parts of Siskiyou County, are continuing to put the pieces of their lives back together. And now, as Jefferson Public Radio's Eric Newman reports, residents' access to state and federal assistance will determine whether this historically Black neighborhood will be able to stay together. 
On the day the mill fire started, Alonzo Green was at his home in Lincoln Heights. He heard a boom outside, so he went out on his porch where he says he smelled fire. Kind of thought it was a structure fire, and I thought that I'd be able to help. Green grew up in weed. For years, he was the assistant pastor at a nearby church, and he recently retired as a firefighter. Immediately, he realized the situation was bad. All these houses were burning. This house up on the hill was totally um, involved right then. So a cousin of mine told him this is bad. You got to get out of here. Went from there to Miss Calvin's house, beat on her door, kicked it in. She was scared. I'm like, hey, got to get out. Your house is on fire. He crammed six residents in his truck to evacuate as the fire swept across the neighborhood in a matter of minutes. Most of Lincoln Heights was lost in the fire. Green says around 12 homes are still standing out of about 60. Two people were killed, including one of his cousins. Lincoln Heights is an anomaly, a predominantly black neighborhood in rural far northern California. In the early 1920s, the lumber industry drew black residents from the south to weed to work at the mill. Denise Hopkins was also born and raised in weed and is a resident of Lincoln Heights. She lost two houses in the fire. One was her own home and the other was a rental. When we finally got to get in there and see everything, you know, it was just devastating because we, you know, we lost, we've been in that house for 40 years. And so we lost all of our, you know, family heirlooms and all of our family's things. Many of the homes were passed down through Lincoln Heights families, which Green says makes the recovery process all the more urgent. They might not have even had paperwork, you know, they just a hand-me-down. They just keep staying there. And um, some of the people um, are not able to go anywhere. This was all they had. When the mill fire started in early September, a heat dome had driven up extreme temperatures in California. Such heat events are becoming more common because of climate change. There's a term for the way climate change disproportionately affects communities of color like Lincoln Heights and the poor. It's called the climate gap. Rachel Morello-Frosch is a professor at the UC Berkeley School of Public Health. Her research focuses on how vulnerable communities are impacted by climate change. Lincoln Heights is a good example in a rural community, she says. That community has managed to persist. And then this wildfire literally in a very short period of time has devastated it. And its ability to come back from that, I think, remains in question. Kim Green, not related to Alonzo Green, was the mayor of Weed during the fire. She says there was already a housing shortage in Weed beforehand, and residents' ability to rebuild will depend on whether they had insurance. There were a lot of people who weren't insured, and there were a lot of people who were underinsured. Because, you know, you got a house that was built in 1935, you can't replace it with the insurance you had on that house right now. Marilo Frosch says similar losses happened after Hurricane Katrina. So it happened in New Orleans. It's a huge reason why uh, the demographics of New Orleans shifted significantly because a lot of black families who lost their homes could not afford to rebuild and come back because they were woefully underinsured and they didn't have flood insurance. Morello Frosch says if state and federal recovery efforts don't take these insurance inequities into account, the same demographic shift could happen in Lincoln Heights. Right now, the neighborhood is in the cleanup phase. The fire has not yet been approved as a federal disaster, so FEMA isn't helping with the recovery process. The state of California has covered housing for displaced residents at hotels or in trailers. Roseburg Forest Products, where the fire started, has donated an initial $50 million for residents. 
Alonzo Green says he's only heard of one resident of Lincoln Heights who's decided to move. Everyone else, he says, wants to rebuild. It's going to look totally different, um, but it's still going to be Lincoln Heights. And, and so with that, um, yeah, I believe that we can make it as great as we want. There have been other wildfires around weed in recent years. Green says you never get used to wildfires, but the people here are resilient. For The California Report, I'm Eric Newman in Weed, California. And that's The California Report for Monday, December 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!